0: Hello, fantasy friends. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, an ace headed for Tommy John surgery, a look at a lot of Sunday's stars, injury news, matchups, and DFS tips for Monday. But start with word that Justin Verlander is going to require Tommy John surgery. Verlander's 37 years old, the reigning American League Cy Young Award winner. He'll be 38 before the start of next season, and he will presumably miss all of next season while he rehabs after surgery. Can Verlander make it back at age 39? He started the season going six innings on opening day for the Astros, allowing two earned runs, striking out 7-8-2 win against Seattle. But within a couple of days, reports started to surface that Verlander had a forearm strain and would miss at least a couple of weeks. Always be wary of the forearm strain it often leads to elbow trouble. In any case, that timeline stretched out, and by last week, which is closer to seven weeks after he was sidelined, Verlander was building himself up to 75 pitches in a workout. Maybe there would be a role for him if the Astros are still in the playoffs and and everybody makes the playoffs now, right? So uh, maybe there was a chance for Verlander to to make a contribution. But anyway, less than a week after that workout, Verlander has determined that Tommy John surgery uh, is needed. So now he will spend 2021 rehabbing and he will be a free agent before the 2022 season. Under most circumstances, This would seem like a good time to call it a career, uh, but given how effective, in fact, dominant Verlander has been in recent seasons, he's probably not ready to pack it in just yet. So we'll see what he has to offer uh, down the road, uh, but I would be surprised if this is the last we see of Justin Verlander. So now let's look at Sunday stars. Start with Cleveland third baseman, Jose Ramirez. Went two for four, hit two home runs, drove in four in a 7-4 win at Detroit. Ramirez was one of the top third basemen uh, in baseball coming into the season and has lived up to expectations, has 15 home runs, a 943 OPS. He's been one of the most productive third basemen uh, for the past, say, three, four seasons now. Uh, Houston center fielder George Springer was three for four and hit two home runs and a 3-2 win against Arizona. Springer up to 13 home runs on the season, has an 874 OPS, uh, and given the the struggles of many in the Houston lineup, uh, Springer's production is that much more important. Uh, Milwaukee first baseman Daniel Vogelback was two for four, and he hit two home runs, drove in five and a 5-3 win against Kansas City. Vogelback's OPS is up to 739. He had some pretty miserable numbers uh, in Seattle earlier this year uh, with a brief stop in Toronto, and now he's uh, going to wrap up the season in Milwaukee, and he he definitely has power. If he connects, he can uh, take it out of the yard, but uh, he's had a lot of trouble kind of putting together consistent uh, offensive performance. Uh, Atlanta center fielder Ronald Acuna Jr. was two for three, scored three runs, had four RBIs and one home run in a 7 nothing win at the New York Mets. Acuna Jr. has a 1037 OPS this season, and And that's not even, oh, wow, that's amazing. That's sort of, well that's about what we expect uh, from one of the top players uh, in all of baseball. Boston left fielder Michael Chavis was two for five, scored three runs, had five RBIs, two home runs, and a 10-2 win against the Yankees. Uh, It hasn't been a great season for Chavis. He only has five home runs on the season, 6.51 OPS. That's not quite building on uh, what he started in 2019, uh, and I think it leaves him vulnerable moving forward in that Red Sox lineup. You wouldn't necessarily want to entrust him uh, with an everyday job uh, next year. Now, maybe if, if he can play left field and you add some first base and second base and, uh, and DH, maybe there's a, a utility role for Michael Chavis. Uh, but that's different than uh, a guy who had a chance to be uh, an everyday, say, second baseman for them. Staying in Boston, center fielder Jackie Bradley, uh, junior, was four for five, scored three runs, had an RBI in that 10-2 win against the Yankees. Uh, obviously known much more for his glove uh, than his bat. Uh, Bradley Jr. is a 769 OPS this season, which is you know respectable. And, and that's about what I think you can expect from him is a respectable uh, performance at the plate uh, if all goes well, and then you get well above average defense in center field. Uh, San Diego starting pitcher, Denelson Lamette, went six innings, gave up two hits, two walks, one earned run, struck out 10 in a 7-4 win at Seattle. Uh, Lamette's numbers this year are fantastic. He's a 2.07 ERA, a 0.87 whip. He struck out 89 and 65 in a third inning. Like The, the Padres have a, a legit ace here uh, to go along with Chris Paddock and Mike Clevenger. It, it's no surprise here that, that the Padres are contending. They've, they've got the pitching to back up uh, their potent bats. Uh, Minnesota starting pitcher Jose Barrios uh, went six innings, gave up four hits, one walk, no run, struck out four in a 4 nothing win at the Cubs. Berrios got off to a a tough start this season, but it has rebounded nicely. He's 3.72 ERA, is still probably a little higher than he would have liked in a 1.31 whip, but given uh, that he had a bit of a tough start, was quite hittable earlier in the season, uh, he's moving in the right direction uh, as the season winds down. A Baltimore starting pitcher, John Means, went five and two-thirds, gave up three hits, no walks, one run, struck out 12 in a 2-1 win against Tampa Bay. Now Means uh, missed some time at the start of the year. Uh, so this is a super small sample, and he struggled. But a- after that performance on Sunday, has a 5.02 ERA, but only a 1.09 whip uh, on the season, which that's pretty good. At the same time, he's also given up 11 home runs in 37 and two-thirds zings this year, which contributes to that uh, inflated ERA. Uh, Atlanta starting pitcher Kyle Wright Six and a third innings, gave up just one hit and one walk, no run, struck out six in a 7 nothing win at the Mets. Now, this is (laughs) someone unexpected to get this performance from Wright because on the season he has a 5.74 ERA and a 1.72 whip. Uh, How the Mets only managed two base runners in six and a third against Wright is uh, up for some debate or question, I suppose. He wasn't the only uh, struggling starting pitcher who turned in a good performance on Sunday, though. Uh, Arizona's starting pitcher, Madison Bumgarner, went only five innings but gave up just two hits and one walk, no run, struck out seven. A three-two loss at Houston. Uh, it's been a tough uh, year in Arizona for Matty Bum. He has a seven-point-three-six ERA and a one-point-five-eight WHIP. Not what the Diamondbacks were expecting when they, uh, when they brought him in from San Francisco. Uh, St. Louis Ace Jack Flaherty went six innings, gave two hits, two walks, one earned run, struck out eleven, in a two-one win at Pittsburgh. Uh, Flaherty has a four-point-eight-four ERA, but a one-point-one-six WHIP that makes you think that, uh, given more time, that ERA would would come down further. Uh, Pittsburgh starting pitcher on the other side, Joe Musgrove, went six innings. Gave three hits, one walk, no run, struck out 11 in a 2-1 loss to St. Louis. Uh, Musgrove has a 4.68 ADRA and a 1.38 whip. The compare and contrast with Flaherty, Musgrove's whip is, is higher and makes you think that maybe that 4.68 ERA is probably in, in the right ballpark. Uh, Minnesota right fielder Max Kepler was 3-for-5, scored two runs, had three RBIs and a home run in a 4 nothing win at the Cubs. Uh, Kepler only has a 736 OPS this season. This is sort of a step back from uh, his real breakout campaign in 2019. Uh, And it's going to be this way for a bunch of players this year is you don't want to put too much weight on a 60-game season. It'll be tough to evaluate, I guess, you know, what you're going to get out of Max Kepler in 2021. Is he uh, the guy who has a 736 OPS in uh, in a 60-game season in 2020? Or is he... Uh, the guy who hit 30-plus home runs in 2019 and looked like he could be a real impact bat. I guess, I guess like I say, he won't be the only one. Uh, there will be many that uh, you have to do those calculations for. Uh, Washington Nationals at DH as Drupal Cabrera was 3-for-5, scored two runs, had four RBIs and a 15 nothing win at Miami. Uh, Cabrera is a pretty useful uh, player, can play a bunch of positions, and so him playing DH for the Nationals doesn't seem the most helpful. Uh, but nevertheless... Uh, he has a 758 OPS this season, respectable but uh, not earth-shattering by any means. Uh, Colorado first baseman Josh Fuentes, three for four, two runs scored, three RBIs, and a 6-3 win against the Dodgers. Uh, Fuentes is just a recent call-up and uh, a productive bat. Uh, who's going to be worth a look? And, and certainly, if you have room to kind of add a guy and and you can stash him for the off-season to maybe see what. Uh, Uh, what his role is going to be by next season, then Fuentes is uh, a guy who's going to be worth that kind of look. Uh, San Francisco left fielder Darren Ruff went two for four, uh, scored two runs, drove in four, had a home run and a 14-2 win at at Oakland. Now Ruff's 34 years old, so there's probably not a huge future here, Uh, but he's been a productive late-season addition to the Giants. He has five home runs, hitting three oh three, has a nine sixty three OPS, and he's always been able to hit. Uh, I think there's been a challenge finding a spot for him in an everyday position. Uh, But uh, the man's had had power, whether it's been in the major leagues or the minors. Uh, Staying with San Francisco, a couple more. Shortstop Brandon Crawford was two for five, scored two runs, hit a grand slam in in that 14-2 win at Oakland. Crawford uh, continues to be a productive hitter. He has an 835 OPS this season, Uh, known more for his glove probably, but uh, has turned into a pretty productive bat uh, for much of his career. Uh, and San Francisco catcher Chadwick Trump was three for five, scored two runs, had three RBIs, and a home run in that in that route at Oakland. Uh, now Trump hasn't really been able to hit a whole t- whole bunch uh, this year, and that and that's been the the struggle uh, as the Giants are trying to find replacements for Buster Posey. Uh, and so Trump has, a, after this performance, is up to a 6.45 OPS, uh, which you know as catchers go isn't terrible, but uh, for everyone else, it's not great. Uh, Coming up next, we'll do some injury updates, matchups, and DFS tips that could provide some value for Monday. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply, offer valid, through September 30th. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have a bunch of great flavors. My favorites are the peanut butter chocolate and salted caramel. But they're all low-fat, low-carb, high-protein, all in a convenient bar. I've been trying to shed quarantine pounds at a boot camp for the past couple of months, and I'm having a little bit of success. But I lean right into it with Bilt Bar as part of my post-workout routine. Give my muscles the protein boost they need it. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your next order. And enjoy the best protein bar on the planet. So now as we head into the final week of the Major League Baseball season, some injury updates. Colorado third baseman Nolan Arenado could miss the rest of the season with a shoulder injury. He's awaiting some MRI results. And Ryan McMahon played third base for the Rockies on Sunday, but that's a... Pretty notable step down from Arenado, who's uh, consistently been one of the the most productive third basemen in all of baseball. Uh, Philadelphia right fielder Bryce Harper left Sunday's loss to Toronto with lower back stiffness. Uh, if needed, uh, Adam Hazley can cover in right field, uh, but we'll have to see how serious the injury is to Harper. Baltimore shortstop Jose Iglesias is dealing with a wrist injury. Kept him out of the lineup Sunday. He's missed three of the last four games. Uh, But Pat Vileka has been a solid replacement uh, all season uh, when he's been needed to fill in at shortstop and second base for the Orioles. Uh, So he may be needed uh, again with Iglesias battling this wrist issue. A couple of starting pitchers who are due to come back uh, this week. Cincinnati starting pitcher Sonny Gray returning from a back injury, and he's going to start on Tuesday. Los Angeles Dodgers uh, starter Walker Bueller also expected uh, to return, uh, and he's going to start on Tuesday. Milwaukee outfielder Ben Gamble, he lands on the 10-day injured list with a quad injury. Uh, Tyrone Taylor and Jace Peterson are a couple of options, uh, if needed, in the Brewers lineup. Uh, Minnesota starting pitcher, Jake Odorizzi, back on the 10-day injured list with a middle finger blister. It's been a tough season for Odorizzi, who has spent more time on the injured list than actually pitching, and when he's been pitching, hasn't been very effective. Uh, And finally, we've got Los Angeles Angels second baseman, Franklin Burrito, who's going to have shoulder surgery on Tuesday uh, he came over in the trade for Tommy Lastella, and uh, obviously this is not not exactly hitting the ground running here for the Angels uh, requiring surgery, but uh, maybe have a fresh start uh, for 2021. A few matchups that I like for Monday. Uh, start with Cincinnati and Luis Castillo, minus 125 against Milwaukee and Brandon Woodruff. Uh, Castillo has really come on uh, after a bit of an uneven start to the season, but in the last you know three or four starts, he's been... Uh, lights out and uh, so getting him at, at a reasonable price here against a Milwaukee team that isn't great. Uh, so I like Castillo there. Uh, St. Louis with Adam Wainwright, heavily favored, uh, minus 160 against Kansas City and Carlos Hernandez. Wainwright has had an awesome season as, as a 39-year-old and maybe some of his numbers aren't, aren't sustainable, but uh, good enough to like him against a Kansas City team that has, has obviously struggled. A good situation here for Wainwright. Uh, Seattle, uh, Marco Gonzalez is plus 130 uh, against Houston. Lance McCullers. McCullers uh, has missed some time with injury uh, and has great stuff, but has been inconsistent on the mound this year as, as well. Uh, and Seattle, while, while not a great team, uh, I certainly like uh, what Gonzalez has done for them this year as the sort of de facto staff ace as an underdog uh, at plus 130. So now let's get a few DFS tips for Monday. We'll start with Seattle starting pitcher Marco Gonzalez. $7,600 on DraftKings against Houston and Lance McCullers. Now, $7,600, a little pricier than I, than I like to offer up usually for a second starting pitcher on, on DraftKings, but uh, Gonzalez has a 3.49 ERA, 0.90 whip, 8.4 strikeouts per nine. Uh, I think you can like his chances to give you another quality start against Houston. Uh, and we're stacking a few against Houston today. Seattle catcher, Luis Torrance, it's just $2,700. Uh, against the Astros. He's hitting 302 with an 840 OPS since arriving in Seattle from San Diego at the trade deadline. It's obviously a small sample, uh, but also Torrance is really a bargain price. If you can get anything uh, in return for that $2,700, that's a a good value. And I'm going to give you one more uh, for Seattle, a second baseman outfielder, Dylan Moore, as always. He's $3,900 against uh, Houston and Lance McCullers. I can only assume that Moore has run over someone's dog from the DraftKings office. Uh, because he's been much more productive than his prices indicated all season. And I still like him at $3,900. A few others that are non-Seattle players. Uh, San Francisco first baseman Brandon Belt, $3,200 against Colorado and Herman Marquez. Belt's hitting two ninety six with a nine eighty five OPS this season, uh, certainly worth your while at $3,200. And Chicago Cubs right fielder Jason Hayward, $3,600 at Pittsburgh with J.T. Brubaker on the mound. Hayward, uh, kind of quietly, hitting 290 with a 914 OPS this season. For years, his his bat has sort of underwhelmed, and he and he's made it as a strong outfielder and uh, a player who will take some walks, and he still does that. Uh, but he's certainly hitting better uh, in this shortened season. That'll do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow with more fantasy baseball news as we continue through the final week of the regular season. Send me your questions. I'm at by Scott Cullen on Twitter show is at LO underscore mlb on Twitter. If you want to send an email, send it to LockedOnFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. Find us, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Baseball. Stay safe. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis.